Jingle nukes, jingle nukes, jingle all the way. Kim Jong-un has a gift for us on Christmas Day. Oh, dashing through the sky on a one-way missile path. But Americans won't cry, cause we'll shove it up Kimmy's ass. Oh, jingle nukes, jingle nukes, jingle all the way. Kim Jong-puke has a gift for us on Christmas Day. Hey! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and happy New Year's, Salty Winches. I'm your host, Ryan Chuck Miller, the Radical Moderate, and you're listening to The Salt, where we take an objective look at politics and news today, and we shit on everything. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the news from North Korea that we missed while we were, uh, you know, drinking ourselves blind to deal with our families. Y'all better enjoy this fucking episode. This is my second time recording it because I'm an idiot and don't always account for an echoey room and what might, you know, what that might do to a podcast. So I'm, I'm a big mush mouth dum-dum. Also, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe, and also email me at info.thesaltpodcast at gmail.com so that, you know, we can talk about the weird boob job your mom got for Christmas. Oh, and uh, also a special shout out to Cruise Control for providing us with most of our music for the show and our uh, research associate, Research Richard, who didn't actually do any of the research for this week's show, but still came up with, you know, fake news headlines for uh, some future episode. And okay, enough of that. But let's get started. After a word from today's sponsor, today's show is brought to you by Kim's Nuclear Butt Plugs. If you're looking for a way to take your love life from the ordinary to the explosive, Kim's Nuclear Butt Plugs is the product you've been waiting for. With Kim's Nuclear Butt Plugs, you'll be able to send your partner into a radioactive bliss they've never experienced before. It'll leave your lover saying things like, wow, one explosive Christmas gift from North Korea, and is that a nuke in your pants or are you just happy to see me? And you'll reply, both. So go to www.kimsbuttplugs.com and get yours today. And no, not even close to being our sponsor today, but I am loving making fun of this Christmas gift from North Korea that, you know, the nerds are saying to take seriously still. Okay, Salty Winches, let's get into it. First things first, we're going to look at, you know, some Salty specifics and take a look at the history of Korea as a whole because it really is pretty essential to today's situation, you know, to understanding what it's all about. And, you know, with the nuclear butt plugs and stuff, you know, understanding where those came from. So you really could trace it back for like more than 100 years Um, for like a really long time from 1910 until 1945. Japan occupied the once unified Korea as a Japanese colony, Um, although, you know, Japan occupied Korea since 1905. They just uh, they like officially annexed it in 1910, if that makes sense. Um, Apart for the course, for anyone who knows even like one thing about Japanese colonization, they didn't treat the Koreans with any sort of dignity or even as people in a lot of cases. For example, schools and universities were forbidden from using their own native Korean language. Um, You know, later on with like World War II looming, um, about 725,000 Korean women were forced into sex slavery by the Japanese military to serve as like, their words, not mine, uh, comfort women in military brothels. Uh, the Japanese forced Koreans, you know, to worship their emperor and like a final example of like just how they were treated was uh, like 200,000 Korean documents and books and shit were burned in this time. And, you know, that literally destroyed 
like a lot of Korean history. So then World War II comes and spoiler alert, Japan loses the war in 1945. And just like all the other Axis powers, they had to strip their colonies and quit occupying shit. Um, unfortunately, the Korean Peninsula was pretty, you know, was ravaged pretty bad by the war. And once it was liberated from the Japanese, it was split in two on the 38th parallel, um, the U.S. occupying the South and the Soviet Union occupying the North. So the Japanese occupation of Korea ends after 40 years and for better or for worse, capitalist and commie occupation begins. And I think it's pretty important to note here that a divided Korea was unprecedented because even though the Japanese had occupied the country for so long and, and really tried to just pretty much erase Korean culture and history, um, they hadn't actually drawn new borders for the country and made it you know two totally different countries. So after that, the real shitstorm comes. Uh, the Korean War begins on July 25, uh, July 25, July 25th, 1950, when the Soviets advised the North Koreans to do like a false flag operation by sneaking fucking artillery cannons across the border and shooting at their own country. Um, it was a stupid plan devised by the geniuses in the Soviet Union, and you know the dictator Kim Il Sung just he just ate that shit up like a peach cobbler. Um, that war really ravaged Korea and it killed an estimated like 25% of its pre-war population. And it, it wiped out a significant portion of the country's existing infrastructure, which wasn't much at the time. Um, before the war, Korea as a whole was actually like an agrarian society for the most part. Um, Japan kind of used it as like a big, you know, a big farm. Um, my grandpa got stationed in Korea right after the war, whenever he was in the army. And when he talks about it, he has such like a, like an affection in his tone for the people who lived there. Um, he'll talk about the way the country was just totally destroyed and the people there just, they just didn't have a damn thing. Um, there's a guy in my hometown of Hobbs, New Mexico, at Hobbs, New Mexico, actually, he was, he was from North Korea. He was like adopted by an American soldier who was fighting in the Korean war. Um, he's a cool ass dude. He actually fixed my truck one time, but you know, um, also he's, he is just one of the nicest, like most good hearted people I've ever met in my life. So, you know, if that's any, if that's any representation of the North Korean people, I hope that that's it for Americans. It's just their leadership. That's fucking wacky. Um, but back to the war, uh, it was fought primarily by the American military with, you know, it was, we, we, the American military had a good amount of help from the South Korean military as well. Um, and we fought it against the North Korean military who was backed by the fucking Soviets and, you know, China, fucking China, of course was, you know, China was involved too, but really like the Chinese forces were just like annihilated by American bombings pretty soon after they showed up. Um, the war ended in 1953 when the two sides agreed on an armistice or a ceasefire. So technically I guess it's still going kind of. Uh, since then, South Korea has evolved into a, you know, it's, it's an economic powerhouse now. It's got the world's 14th largest GDP and the fourth largest in Asia, which is kind of a big deal, um, especially for a country that's like as small as South Korea is. Um, and it's important to note that South Korea was one of the like only few countries in the world that avoided the the global crisis in 2008 they completely avoided a recession and uh they're the world leader in producing you know consumer electronics and so we talked about how small it was a second ago they're the 109th 
largest landmass in the world, which is not big. So it's not like they just have a you know a ton of natural resources to exploit. Um, the country is home to companies like Samsung, Kia, and Hyundai, just to name a few. Um, South Korea is also home to some of the best universities in the world and also some of the coolest shit I've ever seen, like the Latte Sky Tower and Samsung tanks. Seriously. Samsung makes fucking tanks for the South Korean military, and I find that weird that nobody knows that, so tell your friends. And... That brings us to the South Korea that I was stationed to, stationed to, stationed in, and lived in for about a year, from 2016 to 2017, when I was in the army. Um, kind of a cool little side story. I went to Camp Hovi where when I was there, which is where my grandpa was stationed, and I saw some of the same places he did, like you know, for example, a, a river running through the camp where they would wash their clothes. Um, I took tons of pictures for him, and you know. He just about lost it whenever I got home and showed him. And to this day, we talk about Korea just about every time we see each other. Um, I also drank a whole lot of their rice wine called soju and was constantly in trouble with my chain of command because I've said it before. I wasn't exactly a, a model soldier in terms of discipline. And that brings us to North Korea. Well, it's considered the world's most reclusive country. It's called uh, the Hermit Nation in a lot of news sources. Um, there have been reports of executions, starvation, people eating rats, maybe even people eating each other in some uh, you know, circumstances. Uh, we don't really know much about what it's really like there because of the restriction on the Internet and you know, complete ban on North Korean citizens to travel anywhere outside of the country. Um, outsiders are very rarely let in and when outsiders are let in, they're closely monitored and given a real show of how, uh, uh, prosperous the country is. But we do know that they're 99th in the world in terms of landmass, um, slightly bigger than their, you know, Southern neighbors, uh, still pretty tiny. Um, their GDP is ranked by Wikipedia as the 115th largest in the world, which is not great. And that's also not a super great source. Um, most reputable sites will say that, you know, we just don't get to rank them because they don't report enough to, you know, make that ranking. So you could really say that they're not doing so great. And it's really fucking sad for the people that live there. And so who's in charge of North Korea? The infamous rocket man. That is Kim Jong-un. Honestly, this dude is pretty interesting, though. Uh, no matter how much of a dick he is, he's he's fascinated by West, Western culture, uh, particularly like basketball and like movies. Um, Dennis Rodman, for example, fucking stupid asshole. Um, but Dennis Rodman, he's he's a he's an ex NBA player that's you know he's always going over there, or at least went over there a lot uh, to hang out with the Rocket Man. Um, from what I understand, him and Kim are, or at least were, pretty good homies for a while, which is. I don't know. I, I don't really like that. Um, I know. I, I don't know. Maybe there's more to it. For all I know, he might be the only reason Kim hasn't actually bombed us yet. But for a while there, it looked like, re, you know, relations between the U.S. and North Korea might actually start to improve, you know, after all of this bad blood. Um, President Trump and King Jong, Kim Jong-un went, you know, they met twice together to discuss peace between the two countries. And, you know, they talked about denuclearizing North Korea a little bit. Um, Trump was actually the first Western leader, you know, let alone the U.S. president to actually meet with the dictator of North Korea, which is like kind of a big fucking deal. Um, unfortunately, we're definitely backsliding, you know, back into bomb threats. And OK, so finally, after a little bit of history, bringing us to the present, we're here at our belated 
Christmas gift from Kim. And that's, that is a quote, Christmas gift. Uh, so what's the story? Um, in short, Kim Jong-un is once again threatening to nuke the states in South Korea. Um, before Christmas, he promised us a, you know, a, a quote, Christmas gift, end quote, and said that Americans will have to choose which gift they receive. Um, this is New Year's Day as I record this, so it must have fucking gotten, you know, backed up in the holiday shipping or, you know, lost or something. Um, and I also don't know what he meant by we get to choose which one we're going to receive. That doesn't make any sense. But, uh, you know, Trump responded in true Trump fashion saying that, quote, maybe it's a nice present. Maybe it's a nice present where he sends me a beautiful vase as opposed to a missile test. You don't know. You never know. End quote. <laughs> Which is absolutely hilarious to me. I really think that after his career is over, you know, as president, he should consider going into, you know, stand-up comedy because he'd fucking kill it. Okay. Back to being serious. Uh, North Korea is a threat, uh, you know, at least kind of. Um, so what has the U.S. done in response? Um, in short, not a whole lot. But you know who has responded? The official barbershop quartet of the salt, the salty stylist. And lucky for us, we've got them in studio today to sing us their new barbershop smash hit, Jingle Dukes, that I sang at the top of the show. But this is the real quartet, the real deal. That is definitely not me for sure. So here they are. Let's have a listen. Jingle nuts, jingle nuts, jingle all the way. Kim Jong-un has a gift for us on Christmas Day. Oh, dashing through the sky on a one-way missile path. But Americans won't cry because we'll shove it up Kimmy's ass. Oh, jingle nukes, jingle nukes, jingle all the way. Kim Jong-un has a gift for us on Christmas Day. Hey! Hell yeah, I love me a good quartet. Those dudes are amazing and only perform exclusively here on the show, so good luck finding them anywhere else. And also, totally, definitely, for sure, not me. Okay, seriously, this time, back to business. So, I think it's important to note here that this bomb threat isn't the first one that North Korea has called in to the, you know, the crisis hotline. Um, they've threatened to nuke the states and or their southern neighbors like a million times. I was there for at least one of those times in 2016, and if I remember right, they actually did shoot a test missile over us into the Sea of Japan, and we had to respond or whatever. Uh, crazy shit, man. Um, like to me, it just, you know, it just seems like the Soviets got in there a long time ago and fucked everything up like the Soviets loved to do for some reason. And now we have, you know, this actually, actually really smart, but fucking crazy as hell dictator that really just seems to be jealous of their neighbors to the West, um, because of what him and his dumbass dad failed to do with their country, as opposed to, you know, what South Korea has accomplished underneath the U S not underneath the U S but, you know, alongside the U S, um, and honestly, it's it's just really, really, really sad. Um, the people of North Korea, they just have to endure so much just to live. God, they've just got to be in like so much pain and fear and suffering like all the time because of the oppressive government they live under. And I don't know why we allow a government like that to exist just right next door to one of our most important allies, like an ally that has to be on guard and ready for war at all times. 
Um, the people of South Korea are seriously just numb to the bomb threats and the war threats from the north. Like, not a single Korean that I knew whenever I lived there even had any reaction to the missile test that went down whenever, you know, whenever I was there. Um, what's even crazier than that is, you know, because of all of this, the country is always on guard for an enemy invasion. Um, you can drive on any highway in Korea and see machine gun nests every so often on the side of the road. Um, every Korean male is required to serve in the army as long as they're, you know, physically able to so that they can maintain like a like a military trained population in case of an un in case of an invasion golly that was tough to spit out but yeah they maintain you know a trained population and for me here's the thing like i get why a north korean dictator would have a problem with america and south korea given the history like i really really do um i also get that when you're a country that has you know it was disadvantaged from the start and then you use your greatest minds to develop a nuclear missile program against all odds You'd probably want to flaunt it and you wouldn't want to give it up if not, you know, for that reason alone. Um, what's important to understand is that if your country is a nuclear power, your country will be taken seriously on the world stage, especially when you threaten to use them. You know, that is as long as you don't threaten to use them too much. In other words, no country with nuclear weapons will directly use military force against another country with nuclear weapons. It's a theory that's based on mutual destruction. In fact, that, that might be actually what it's called. Uh, basically, if one country nukes another, they'll get nuked too, and they'll probably eventually destroy each other. Coincidentally, this is one of the major reasons that the world has been so peaceful and safe since World War II, you know, relatively speaking, at least. And on that note, yeah, in the years since World War II, it's not like there haven't been wars. There have been a lot of wars in the world, which is disastrous for a lot of people. But usually those wars are confined, you know, within the borders of a single country or, you know, maybe a couple of countries. So, yes, it's bad. It's horrible. It's awful. But we aren't having world wars anymore, thanks to nuclear weapons. Um, ironically, the same weapons that, you know, have somehow made the world so much safer since the big wars are now being used by North Korea as kind of a way to terrorize other countries into getting, you know, what they want, like, a, like how a fucking toddler would use them if he had them. And I don't think it's unintentional either. I, I really do think that Kim Jong-un is a smart dude, even if he is crazy. He knows that a direct military conflict with the U.S. and South Korea would just decimate his country. So that's why he hasn't invaded or actually used his, you know, his bombs that he's developed. Um, on the other hand, I really do wish he'd shut his dumbass mouth and give up, you know, give up his weapons. If, if nothing else, just for the sake of his people, you know, the, the ones that would suffer the worst. But I digress. I'm no world problem solver or visionary with all the solutions. I'm just a dude from New Mexico that's seen firsthand the effects of, you know, of his actions, or at least from the perspective that a soldier, an American soldier in South Korea can have. Um, but that actually brings us to the news that came out today, you know, out of the good old North Korea. Um, how, Homeboy is now promising not to denuclearize if, you know, the U.S., uh, you know, pretty much keeps doing what the U.S. does. Uh, Kim said the, the DPRK will steadily develop necessary and prerequisite weapons for the security of the state unless the U.S. rolls back its hostile policy towards the DPRK and lasting and durable peacekeeping mechanism is built, end quote. So that, that was a quote. Uh, but what the fuck? Um, if you're the leader of an entire nation and, you know, not even a good one at that, how can you threaten to nuke us? And then turn around and saying that we're being hostile. That's kind of crazy. Um, and if if that ain't a paradoxical situation, then I'll be a monkey's uncle, honestly. But but really, what you know that 
does bring us exactly full circle to where we started from with this Christmas gift. And, you know, now he's not only threatening to bomb us, but promising to keep making them after all that, after what? And, you know, just like I said before, I really do totally get why any country out there would want to have those weapons. It just makes good sense. They're quite, you know, they're quite the bargaining chip, honestly. But, you know, since I live in, you know, the country that the old rocket dipshit wants to destroy, I have a little bit of an issue with him, you know, using that bargaining chip against us. And it's not even a superiority thing. I really wish there was something that we could do for the people of North Korea who, you know, they have to live under this jack off. But I just don't have any ideas of how to do that other than just eliminating their government. Again, I'm no expert strategist or whatever. But I mean, like, this is what I mean. Um, if we can't effectively infiltrate their ranks with clandestine agents, and if we can't have diplomatic talks that lead anywhere, you know, we've, we've been trying that over the past couple of years and it hasn't worked. And if they respond to economic pressure by just reverting back to where we started, then what are we left with, you know? I, I know that I don't have the answers and I sure as hell shouldn't be in charge, but what I do know is this. You'd better get your nuclear butt plugs while supplies last. They're going to go fast uh, after that first warhead pops off. And that's it. Thanks for listening, Salty Winches. Please don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. It really helps us out when you do that. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at the salt underscore podcast. And for sure, email us at info.thesaltpodcast.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions you might have. Special thanks to the team here at The Salt for everything you do. Keep an eye out for you know our forum that I swear is actually coming soon where we can talk about past and present topics. And that time I banged a girl on spring break in Cancun. Uh, watch out for my book, uh, Putin is a Dickhead, coming soon to a Kindle app near you. And remember to tell your radical friends to go fuck themselves in true holiday spirit this year. Happy New Year's again. And uh, look, I really hope it was a good one, guys. Item out this bitch. Back to you, Salty Winches. This is your host, Ryan Chuck Miller, signing off. 